All right, all right, all right. It is Sunday, April 26th in the year that we call 2020. We call it that because it is the year 2020. And I am with Rai Rai. Rai, how are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Doing fantastic. And I'm with Mr. Jeff Lafford as well. Yo, how are you? Fantastic. I guess you just answered that question. I did, I did. But I want to answer it for both of you, really. What, you guys want to ask each other how you're doing? Ryan, how the heck are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. You know, what's interesting is that this this podcast is now 66.666% Canadian. Yes. Which makes us Cana- Canadian content. That's true. Yeah. I am. Yeah. So we'll be getting we'll be getting aired on the CBC. I am phoning in my SOCAN rights right <laughs> rest assured I'm on their website right now. And I I've, I've been you looking at it. properties in Canada, so soon it'll be 100%. Dude, awesome. It'll be 100%. Gotta there we it. go. Sounds good. Is it? Sounds good. When you add the 333s in, in Canada, does that come to 100%? It works out to be about 100. Yeah. yeah 99.9. Somewhere around close there. Yeah. Close yeah. yeah. It's with that metric conversion, it, it kind of it goes things askew. But yeah. That's Is it plus or minus? <laughs> I had I didn't think I would hear the word askew in this uh, episode today, but here it is. There askew. it is. Askew. <laughs> and speaking of askew, um, I'm going to go ahead and pull a fast one on you guys and make you jealous, but I'm opening a uh, Hacienda Beer Co. Motel Citroen, uh, <laughs> a nice frothy, hazy IPA with lots of citrus in it. Very so, nice. Um, mm. talk, amongst, little talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little citrus never hurt anybody, yep, let me tell you. I'm telling you what, this one explodes uh, with, with citrus. Oak. So, uh, anyway, I uh, <laughs> remember. <laughs> I like that. That's a great remember when uh, Rai Rai, when the first night we talked, you were like sipping on bourbon. I'm like, oh, we're totally going to have like, we're going to do episodes <laughs> and we're going to talk about what bourbon we're drinking. So awesome. Anywho. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So today absolutely. I'm drinking, I'll send you guys a link, but it's made here locally, but it's a uh, Hacienda Beer Co. Motel Citroen. I was wondering because I'd never heard of it, so I wondered if it was local to your uh, it part is. of the world. It's all, Ind- indigenous, although to your part of the world. it has um, flavors from afar because it's a Norwegian-inspired farmhouse ale. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. and I, you know, not just any citrus, by the way, is brewed with lime zest and lemon verbena. Huh. There's a yeah. whole lot of words going on here. <laughs> that's how I better. That's how I knew it was going to go askew. How much? How much writing fits on this can? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it good Norwegian beer? <laughs> they, just, they spread it across all six cans, so you just have to piece it together. Oh, you know? I yeah. see. Okay, yeah, like a a, a, a tasteful uh, collage, yeah. <laughs> a cornucopia flavor. <laughs> oh my gosh! Spelled with the K. That's K cornucopia. Oh, absolutely. If I yeah. if I hashtagged all the words I didn't think I'd hear today, that there would there would be more of those than than paragraphs describing today's episode, but, uh, <laughs> anywho. So gentlemen, we are gathered here today because Rai Rai and I have been on a journey these last several Sundays, um, just kind of piecing together the, the history of, of how we all got together and, um, the, the chemistry that we built and the thing that we built over time. Um, but we, last week, Rai Rai, you spent um, sharing your background from your childhood through your DJ days and roller skating and then on to actual DJing at a, a, a legit radio station. Um, 
Well, well somewhere in those well, well, <laughs> well shucks, Leg- legit might be pushing it, but uh, shucks. <laughs> I well, there may be some I mean, held, taken held it's, together by rubber bands. I I think and it, dust bunnies. There's some there's some you know uh, inferences or, or or some givens here because it it was in Canada that the radio station existed, right? So it was yes, yep. yes. So I think people have already in their mind that there's some. You know, it's it's not quite legit, but uh, anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 and oh. on that note, <laughs> it was it was really hard getting the equipment into the igloo. But once we got that in, everything was great. Everything, yeah. You just had to <laughs> remove a few bricks. Um, that's right. That's it. Yeah, which is easy to do. Yep, that's so, fine. That's- you just get a blowtorch. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the space heater kind of killed it anyway, so it didn't matter. It's it's. Is, is I'm assuming in Canada it's the same as in Wisconsin that a blowtorch really is just a big lighter and you with a mouthful of vodka or something or yeah something yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and uh, raid a can of raid <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so anywho yes. at some well, point in your journey yes. you met Mr. Jeff Lafferett I so did rem- we're gonna compare I'm, stories today I'm curious as to where he thinks we met. Because <laughs> like, he's, like he's going to be wrong. Well, this here's new, here's what he told me. You're Bob Eubanks, and this is the newlywed game. <laughs> Ryan, I just want to share what he told me, and then you guys can okay. confirm. But you were walking out of this shady store with a brown bag. Yes. And okay, so, so far so good. So go so go from there, Jeff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I was already making my parents proud, sleeping on a park bench and and drinking out of another uh, brown paper bag. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew our 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 paths would cross, and 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 this was uh, this, was, and it this was the man for kismet. me. So, yeah, kismet. They There's told me at the AA meeting if I could if I brought two people the next week that I could get out early. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I saw him come in, and I'm like, "That's my man right there." Yeah, okay. We got we we got that in common. That we guy know. right there, I know it. <laughs> that guy, that guy, like Bob Hope and Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I it, uh, I remember. Oh no, go ahead, Jeff. Please. No, no, We're no. Canadian. I don't. You I go don't, first. Oh no, no. Wait, I don't oh, know no, how. Like so, he. Uh, I don't know. Well, what he's saying is he, he doesn't remember how we met. No, I do. It's breaking my heart. I have I have my version of it. Do you want to hear my version first? Yes, I would. Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, I'd I, like to hear your version. I think my earliest recollection of Ryan would be at uh, Wheels Roller Skating because I would uh, yeah. we would go. They, they had that. I, I, you guys probably already covered this, but. Uh, they had the like roller skating night, Christian roller skating night. And I was probably, I don't know, like 12, 13. I don't know how old, but younger than I, maybe I didn't anyway, but Ryan was the the cool guy because he was, he, he knew everybody and he was the, he was the guy that he was the DJ and he was, he knew, like I say, he knew all the bands and he was just, he was the cool guy. And I don't think we really, I'm, I'm sure we probably met and we said hi, but I don't think we really hung out a whole lot at that point. It wasn't, no, it, not, it wasn't probably not a whole lot, no. I don't think so, uh, but I do remember. That's how I remember my first recollection of of Ryan. And then, but sorry, go ahead. There were some nights where we go to Burger King after, or go hang out after, right? Like you were. I think so. I mean, yeah. I, I'm or- I'm getting old, so I can't remember everything. But <laughs> but having said that, that's that's kind of my earliest recollection. I don't think though it was until, um, like I started playing music late in high school, so probably grade. 11 or 12 or something like that. And, 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 uh, it was then that I kind of started playing in some local bands. And again, Ryan had gone on to, to DJ and do a lot of 
uh, promotional stuff, do promoting shows and in town and and whatever. And again, he knew everybody. So when we started going out and doing stuff, we started. That's how I think we started hanging out. In you was you were you and Jason were already doing the True Groove, right? Uh, and so yeah, it was cool because on a on a Friday night you go to youth group. And the true groove was like the perfect time you'd get out of, you know, hanging out at youth group and you could just turn that on. And you guys always had the coolest, you knew what was up and what was new and what was hot. And so anyway, well, that, I would, that, that's probably, my, I think it was, that's my earliest memory. Sorry. We should, our memories match because okay, cool. I, remember, oh, I remember you from skating, you know, you'd come up and you'd request stuff. And, and I was, uh, of the three, I remember that at one point we had three DJs doing this Christian music roller skating night, which is, by the way, is not very easy because we required people to wear choir, uh, choir robes uh, yeah. while they were skating, while they were yeah. skating which, which creates an additional set of hazards and, and uh, faux pas and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I do, Jeff, that's, you, you, we are exactly right. We would win on the newlywed game right now because I remember you hanging out at the side and you and I had a rapport because the other two JJs, maybe, let, let's be kind, weren't as up on the rock as, <laughs> as as i was right i was i was into the heavy funk and groove yes and i would i would introduce stuff that would make uh, almost everybody leave the floor at a certain point because i just wanted to see i would i remember i remember the first time i played uh, mulligan stew by vengeance rising <laughs> at, a, at a roller skating rink <laughs> and i i think you were on the floor and like maybe four other people Oh, dude! I would, I would always, at least once a night, I would try to push the boundaries so far, just because I could, and because I wanted to see if people, if there was anybody who was into the stuff that I was into, because most of the people, and again, in our, in my experience, most of the people that were coming out to that roller skating night were into like the happy fun, you know. Let's. Oh yeah, you know, Carmen and yeah, and, uh, oh, yeah, that type of that type of thing, and the yeah, champion, Garmo and Key, the Garmo and Key. Oh yeah, the, the, the Garmo and Key. The, the uh, I'm trying to think who else, Benny Hester. Uh, <laughs> the stuff that I, the stuff wow. that, the stuff that, I, the stuff that I would roll my eyes at, because the only time I could skate was when somebody else was DJing, right? It kind of doesn't work that way. Oh, for and sure. And so I would skate the stuff that I hated. Um, <laughs> I absolutely hated, and the other two DJs at the time loved what they were playing, and so did everybody else. I thought. Oh yeah. And I, I would bring heavy stuff. I'm, I can't remember. I, I was bringing heavy bands. Oh yeah. Was there, was there another radio station that was playing those songs? I guess what I'm driving at was, yeah. was part of their love for those songs the fact that they're already familiar. Yes. Yes. Detroit had a happy fun station. That, uh, you know, just life and happy all the time. And that was the kind of stuff that they were playing. So they would, people would come out to the roller skating ring and be like, oh, I know this song. I'm like, yeah, it's a terrible song. <laughs> um, and again, uh, Jeff, it was one of the very few people that, you know, I could talk music, like music that I liked uh, about. So that was a lot of fun. And there was really only a handful. So I remember we, I remember you and I used to talk music kind of here and there. Uh, because you had more eclectic taste, say, than everybody else. Oh, thanks, man. And I always thought that was cool. And then when we started doing the radio show, Jason and I started doing the radio show, and uh, you came around, and, and I think it was when we started playing Overtaken, maybe. I, when you were, hang on a second, guys, because yep. you both have mentioned Jason, and as a listener, I'm like, and I, I know because I know you guys, but as a listener, I don't know who Jason is, so just give a quick, oh, yeah, yeah. quick tip on Jason. There was this movie called Friday the 13th. Mm, okay. And uh, it was about that. Also a, had choir robes in it, didn't it? Yeah, it did have choir robes. They may yes. have been they may have been judicial robes. I don't know. It's been a while, but yeah, 
there were robes anyway. Yes. Jewish, Christian, oh, whatever. The other Jason? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Jud- judicial. The other Jason is Jason Newitz. Yes, Jason Newitz. Was uh, my partner on the radio show with the True Groove. He and I came up with the idea. And Jeff, I don't know if you remember, it was stainless steel for a couple of weeks because I had another co-host. And then we booted him out within about four weeks and uh, moved on to the True Groove. No, I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> stainless steel was a terrible terrible title and i hated it from day one. Oh, so. yeah no i don't remember that but yeah I, yeah i just remember it always yeah. being the true groove and i remember being just the, the two of you guys and it was again it was cool because yeah. it was like friday nights from 10 to midnight i think and it, it was just we the did, perfect yes. time yep. to like you'd be after youth group you'd go out to like i said burger king or taco bell or whatever the case may be and you could spin that and and it was awesome and i i think you're right though i think it was it was it was once we did the the overtaken record that we showed up and you guys had us on yep. the show and then i would just come and hang out ever like every now and again after that but it was so fun getting to go in and hang with you guys and joke and i think the three of us all shared same the same interests and and taste in music and and just it was just mm-hmm. hilarity ensued night after night and that was just way too much fun and I don't remember, was it like Airheads where you your band came in and like just hounded us to play your song? And we were like, no, we're a big corporate station. We don't just take songs. And then you guys like really did, you know, this whole thing to try to get us to play your song. You gave us money. Uh, I can't remember what else. I think you brought us food at some point. And finally, we relented. We relented and said, you know what? Let's let's give these kids a shot. And the rest and the rest you, is history. You kids have moxie. I like, That's how we I like kind of your jib. That's how we started the Leader Dogs exactly. expense account was because Jeff's band wanted to give us money to play them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me talk on your record, man. Can I talk on your record? Let me talk on your record. Let me talk on your record. You've been but acting I like remember, a self-appointed public defender. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember getting that tape and, and being really impressed with the quality of it, for sure, and realizing that it did fit in with our show really well. Uh, because the music had to groove and the groove must be true. So you were hitting both those points. So it was nice to have have your music come in and say, yep, this is a natural fit and we can promote a local band and, and let people know when your shows were and all that kind of fun stuff. So that was one of the cool things about doing a radio show. Oh, it was it was great, was man. Being, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, and then and then and then you just never left. I remember <laughs> that you, you you came in and sat in on the show once with the band and then you just kept coming back. So yeah. what, what, what was behind that, Jeff? So was it? Did you just like go in one night and then you kind of like caught the the fever or well, I think why did you what, go like, back? Well, well, I, lo- I loved hanging out with Ryan and with Jason. And I think, like I say, the three of us really clicked and, and uh, you know, we're all still friends today, real time. Sure. And so, sure. Yep. Yep. And so I, I think that was the thing. Jason, especially, you know, big shout out. He, from the beginning, has always been man. He was just such a tight friend. He's always show- he's been my best man twice. You know, he's he's yep. just such a cool yep cool cat and but he made a point of he just he really wanted to he wanted to be friends he wanted to be good friends and and he always has so like again the three of us hanging out it was it was magic yeah when jeff entered the picture it was complete shenanigans at that point i think i think we were at the mayhem level when it was just me and jason but then when jeff came in it was shenanigans and mayhem i love it and uh it was great it was awesome like it was there was such a good chemistry we had so much fun we could play off each other uh it was great yeah so, so we all just been... hung out it was had, a, had a, we just all hung out we were all great you know tight friends and we we just loved all hanging out together and i think that's just kind of mm-hmm. where it went gotcha so if he's if he was your best man twice you just referred to him as your best men right 
Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, gentlemen, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. And we'll come right back and pick up with the true groove. How's that sound? Cool. Sounds good. All right. Here we go. And we're back. Rai Rai and Jeff giving us the we history of Rai Rai and Jeff. There it is. And True Groove. <laughs> there it is. So so go go from there, Jeff. You were you you came in once with your band. You uh loved the uh, apparently the experience. You started coming back. At some point in time, did you start spinning records too and getting involved in the show or Yeah, well, I think what happened was like uh, over time, like I think at the time when when you guys and you can you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, Ryan, but I, I think you guys were in university at the time when you started it. But like you guys were a little like a few years older than me, so by the time you I kind of after a few years, you weren't with you at university anymore, and I think that might have been a bit of a prerequisite in order to keep the show going. So I, I for a bit I think you ended up moving to London. I was in I was in London, and yeah. then it was just Jason. And Jason, as he left university and got a job and got busy, I just would come in now and again and either just do that with just Jason or I would just go in on my own and and just DJ yeah. and and whatever. And, and so, yeah, so I just kind of stuck around and until I think that I went on for a, a couple of years. And then, it, unfortunately, I think we just ended up, you know, it just went on too long and we ended up having to, you know, give the time slot up. And, and that was that. But but, as, it, but I mean, yeah. by the end, it, you were only playing overtaken records, right? Well, yeah, pretty much, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Of course. Well, we only had the one. We only had the of one course. record, and and I, I mean, it was. I appreciate that Ryan thought it was good. I thought it was horrifying, but like it was that, you know. It's, but having said all that, like it was, it was a really good experience. I'm glad that we did it because it was the very first time I'd ever been in a studio. It was the first time I'd ever yep. knew anything about being in a band again. Like I had started. I only played in high school. I picked it up. I think somewhere in grade eleven, and then by grade twelve, the whole goal was. I want to be good enough to play at the talent show, the end of the year talent show sure. at, at high school. And that was it. So by the time overtaken yeah. happened, which was really pretty much like right after you're still learning to be a, a player, you're still learning your instrument. You're still learning to be in a band with people and what that looks like. And so when we put this record out, it was a, it was a, a fun experience to, to do it. But uh, I mean, it was definitely a learning experience when you look back so, on it. So grade 12, that's what 16 ish. 17? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I was, I, I think I, gra yeah, 16, 17, something like that. So the, you and I basically, I mean, I started guitar when I was 17. So wow, kind of, we kind of started our, our crafts right around the same age anyway, not the same time, of course, because I'm older than you, but, um, so that's interesting. So yeah, you start cool. long about your junior, senior year, because over, over here we don't go by grade 11, grade 12, but I, I just wanted to make sure I had the right framework for your age. So yeah. So now, now you've taken over the show, and at some point in time, the show just kind of goes defunct because they need the time slot back, or yeah, yeah. I mean, they were uh, college station, so um, they they would either run dead air <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or put a show on every once in a while. Yeah, sure. De dead air. There was no real restriction uh, college radio uh, if there was dead air. Because uh, you know, like a like a commercial station, that's not cool. You don't have times when there's, but you could actually put on C Jam at some point, and maybe it wasn't an hour of dead air, but uh, you'd have like you know thirty seconds 
go by and then somebody would jump in and speak every once in a while. And mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy. And the funny thing was too, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Jeff, our slot changed a couple of times. We always had two hours, but it changed a couple of times over the years. And I remember there was, there were lots of times when I had to go to class <laughs> and, uh, and, and the, the next DJ didn't come in. Yes. And so I, I would just stay on. I would skip my class and I would sometimes I would do like a four or five hour show. So there were a couple of times Jason came back. I remember one at one point you came back to the show like <laughs> the next DJs just didn't show up. Yep. Like the work, the work ethic might have been lacking. And we were like, we could play music for six hours. Absolutely. We'll take over the station if we want. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it was it was a uh, fast and loose <laughs> yeah. college radio. For sure. So the it other totally DJs was. had good grades and you had DJ experience at the end of this. Exactly, and that's and that's how I got into law school. <laughs> who who came out ahead? Huh? You be the judge. Let's talk now. You Let's be the now. judge. Yeah. Oh, I want to be the judge. Yeah. <laughs> Here come the judge. All right. So so you guys. So so the radio show's over, but your your paths continue to cross. Correct. Tell us absolutely. Tell us mm-hmm. about, more about We're, that. We're, we're still going to shows. We're still actually, Jeff, there's a couple things I, I credit Jeff for in my life. Introducing me to Corn and to Foo Fighters. Yeah. Uh, those are the two bands that I remember. Jeff was listening to those bands long before anybody else. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was certainly very crucial in my life. Uh, musically, good musical influence for me as well. Uh, I also appreciate uh, I lied to my parents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I lied to my parents. Oh, I, every man. time I every time I go back, I think you know when I'm in a in a bind, I lied to my parents. <laughs> and if we can we can maybe give more of a story sure, to it. Sure, I was sure. driving I was driving to Jeff's house one day, and Jeff lived out now twenty minutes from me. So I would get off the expressway, and I was coming down the street. And as I'm like maybe three houses away from Jeff's, I look to my left, and there's a kid on sitting on his porch, standing on his porch with a sign that said, I lied to my parents. That's amazing. <laughs> and I, I loved over that. and I was on, I, I was doubled over. And again, these weren't the days when you actually had, you know, I would have actually had to get a camera, like an actual camera with a you know, shutter and the whole, you know, Oh yeah. With, with that black oh. drape over my head. <laughs> <laughs> the little flash powder. The little yeah. flash powder. <laughs> and, and, and it's, there's very few regrets I have in my life, but that, that I have a regret that I did not have a, a smartphone then because I would have taken a picture of that kid. Cause I when later when we wanted to name an album after that, we didn't have the actual, the actual picture to do it. But yeah, this this kid's parents, great you know, parenting, by the way. Great oh parenting. yeah, r- rural parenting one hundred and one, right there. When there's like five cars going by all day, uh, the kid stood on his porch with a sign that said, "I lied to my parents," and I never did find out wh- what he lied about. It makes so much sense to me because, like ten years later, I saw this guy standing outside of his apartment with a sign that said, "I served porn," and I don't know his his uh, <laughs> wife made him stand out there. <laughs> I don't know. It was the same kid. It was that same, same kid. kid. The same kid. Why That's does this amazing. keep happening? <laughs> How do I let this? I married somebody just like my mom. <laughs> you see him. You see him like uh, uh, years later. I I went five over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They, they just they just have a sign to keep changing. It's just it's a whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah, man. there's like, I, yeah, of, cool. of course, I get to Jeff's house, and that's the first thing I tell him. Like, you got to see what's going on. Oh, the man's in tears. I remember that he showed up. He's like, dude, 
get in the car. We gotta go back. He's just falling apart. Come here. So we go. We go back up the street. Kid's yep. gone. Yeah. But but I, he was I had, just I had, losing it. I had zero compassion for the kid. By the way. I, 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 oh yeah. It was, was all comedy man, all day. It was all comedy. It was all kind. So there are a lot of there are a lot of situations in my life that I can go back to and go that. Oh man, that was so. That time that that thing only could have happened out by Jeff's house. It'll only. That's happen. amazing. hundred oh, percent. I love it. Yeah. So but, yeah, Jeff, I think. Sorry, go ahead. He, he, he said, you know, Foo Fighters and Corn. How how did you get, you know, interested in, you know, that vein of of music and between heavy and groovy and like. It, it, Especially in Windsor, where like April wine is still regarded as high, high quality <laughs> and helix, you know. Oh, dude, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Uh, I don't. Well, I, I think even just as a as a young kid, I, I liked. You know, I grew up listening to a lot of Christian music and stuff, but there it was never quite heavy enough. There were bands that I kind of got into, and and like like Vengeance was one of them, and I credit Ryan for that. <laughs> Thank you. And. And that was, uh, but I, I really got into the heavier, the darker, the 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 more I, I really liked it. And there was a, I want to say we keep we I know on on the other podcast we were joking about uh, WRIF, and they would do it. <laughs> they would do a uh, a late night thing, and I don't, I don't know if you guys remember remember this, but it was somewhere like maybe midnight, and I think it was called Metal Shop. They had a show, yes, and they would play the stuff that you wouldn't be able to hear on regular mainstream radio. Like they were doing, they would play like the you know Metallica stuff and Slayer and all these you know heavy bands. And it yeah. was only again because it was so commercially unsuccessful. These were the bands that you would hear there, and I just fell in love with that stuff. And then when the whole grunge movement uh, came came up, and we had eighty uh, nine X, they were I think they did a show called. I, can't even remember what it was called but they, they did it was just a, a show that they would do in an evening showcasing some of that type of music nirvana and soundgarden and those type of bands and i just fell in love with with that and because it was just so different like the whole grunge thing was completely not hair metal it was not whatever it was just yeah and i remember in fact i remember this is a complete departure i was working at burger king in essex and I was like 16 and I drove, I was driving, from, my girlfriend lived other, other side of town, which was like a, you know, five minute drive from where Berkeley was. <laughs> and, and I, I put on 89 X and there was this band that came on called Nirvana, who I'd never heard before. <laughs> and they did smells like teen spirit. And by the time I got to her house, I like, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like I, I ran in, I'm like, have you ever heard of this band Nirvana? And she's like, no. And I'm like, dude, Oh my gosh, like they're heavy and they're, but they're like groovy and I don't understand what this is. And the drums are huge. And I just, man, I just, I didn't know what it was I loved about it. I just felt yep. in love. Yep. So from there, that, that was it. And then I just, anything I could get my hands on. I loved music. Ryan would, you know, we'd trade tapes yep. or CDs or whatever. And, and have you heard these guys? Have you heard these guys? And that was how, when I remember it, it was actually through the true groove that, um, like I'd heard of, well, let me, let me back up because Ryan was doing a lot of shows and promoting stuff in town, there was a show that he brought us to, which was with uh, Overtaken, the band I was in at the time. <clears throat> and then there was Premonition, which was Derek's band and uh, Lost Tribe. And that was at the, I have this old theater. I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, the point was that we did this show and it was awesome. I loved the, the I thought the other two bands were incredible. They were, you know, Detroit bands and, and loved it. It was a great time. And it was through that after meeting Derek, fast forward, I don't know how long after, but there was a, the CD showed up and Ryan and Jason were like, 
you need to hear this album. Yeah. And they put it on, and it was the Leader Dogs album. And they were like, okay. And I'm, li- and I'm like, what is this? First track hits. You're to stop playing God because you're not good at it, and the position is taken. Bam. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is this? And it's it was recorded way better than anything else I had heard, like at the time, like in, in the whole Christian industry. <clears throat> Pardon me. It was just enormous. And I'm like, this is not. And they said, you know who that is, right? I'm like, no. They're like, vocalist is Derek from Premonition. And the and the guys who worked on this, some of them were like Grant from Lost Tribe. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And they're like, how have I never heard of this? But it was Ryan who was like, yeah, man, check this out. So here's how the story goes. And I probably covered this. It was after uh, it was after that meeting. I, I heard the record. I said, can I borrow this? And I bumped that all the way home <laughs> yeah. from like in my we car, had, all the we way had home one to Bell River. We had one copy. One copy. And, we gave it to and I was like, I, that's how much we love Jeff. I got to go home. <laughs> but here's where it gets weird. So I get in the car, I drive all the way home, and I'm like, man, this is the kind of band I want to play in. I would kill to be in a band like this. Like, I just, this is just amazing. <laughs> Literally, I get home. And I walk in the door, and again, you have to remember the True Groove was, you know, 10 to midnight. So I get home, whatever, 1230, whatever the case may be. And there's a note that my mom had left, and she said, Derek from Premonition called (laughs) and left his number. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? But then I didn't call. I left. I was like, and I went for like a week, and I didn't call. And so I go back to the True Groove the next week, and I'm not sure. I I, I want to say Ryan wasn't there at the time. I think it was Jason, just just Jason. But Jay, I get in, and and I had, I must have called the guys during the week and said, "Oh, this is what happened," and I, I got this call. And I showed up at the True Groove the next week. I go a whole week. I didn't call call Derek, and and Jason goes, "So did you call him? How'd it go?" And I'm like, "Why? Well, I, I I haven't called him back yet. This is why they call me the Cornflake. That was like because." <laughs> I'd There's say I was going to do something. I didn't know that. Oh. And I never showed up for things. I was always flaking on these guys. So <laughs> I said, I, he goes, did you call him? I said, no. He's like, I'm going to tell you right now. You get your butt out of that chair. <laughs> you go out there to the payphone. You call that guy right now. And you don't come back into the studio until you have. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so okay. I went and I, I called him. I come back. I'm like, you're not going to believe this, dude. They actually want a drummer. They're doing, they're going to do the, like, they're not going to do a whole bunch of shows. They're doing this one, they're doing Cornerstone and they need a drummer for Cornerstone and we're going to practice for like whatever, but I need to come in. I need to learn, you know, the first three songs on the record. I'm going to go in and audition. We'll see how this, how this goes. So I was just freaking out. Anyway, that's a long story. But and, and you know, what's cool about that story is that your mom was so cool that she would be excited about that for you. Like, I remember how supportive. Oh yeah, she was. She was excited, but that's the weird thing, you know. Like uh, she was definitely one of those, um, one of those Christian moms that would say, you know, she didn't necessarily love the the music. It wasn't her. St- obviously, wasn't her style, but it. Uh, and she definitely was supportive in a sense that, like, if we wanted to practice at the house yeah. or or oh, whatever, yeah. like overtaking would go and practice. And she she worked she worked uh, midnights. And she would still let us go and practice. She left around nine at night and she would let us come in and practice while she yep. was sleeping before yep. work to go and, and go. So she was super, super supportive. supportive that way. But but she would not. That's the weird thing was because of her, I think, Christian sensibilities. She did not necessarily want to come to shows like she was like, you know, I don't want to know that you're going to the States and you're playing at a bar or I don't want to know that you're, you know, any of that. So she she had no she none of that stuff. But. Like you say, she was very supportive in the in the fact that if you know we would, uh, you know we would go to practice and we were practicing at Linden, your place, like three nights a week. 
yep. and and driving to from Bell River all the way to cross the border to go all the way to Flint when Ryan would come. And then we'd come back, drop Ryan off, go all the way back home, sleep, you know, for a little bit yeah. in the car and then go to work all day and then come back. And then, so it was a lot of, I mean, just super tired, but I, I would, I would so sleep yeah, more like than you were. Was supportive. I would, gen- the oh, road, yeah. the road home from Flint, and, the road home from Flint, I slept a little bit more than you did <laughs> to say the least. And it, it, it should probably be stated that the, the purpose behind that was first, we weren't a band yet. So we had to learn how to be a band yeah. and we were about to go play a show where anywhere from you know how many people were going to cornerstone in those oh, days yeah, like 50,000 60,000 yeah, yeah thousands so we knew that in a, any given tent uh on an afternoon you could probably see 2 3,000 people and i think we probably were probably quite right around there anyway 2,000 ish um but you know you're going to go get up on a stage and we just met each other and it's like, okay, we probably should practice pretty regularly until we get this down, yep. you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, it was a lot. And I mean, it sounds when you were just describing that, it just reminded me of the, uh, the schedule we were keeping while we were recording the record. Cause I would go to work in, um, Auburn Hills and, you know, from, Gosh, I can't remember. I would go, I would be there like at six or seven in the morning, work till three. Then we would go down to either Detroit or like Canton, Michigan for Pearl Sound. We would work until probably 10, 11 o'clock at night. I would drive home to Flint hour. Yeah. And then mm. go to bed, get up at like four thirty-five o'clock and do it all over again until that record was done. So um that was a nutty couple of years. Yeah, how long did it take to put that record together? Uh, that's a really good question. But I would say, I mean, I remember starting on it like that June-ish, maybe, maybe June, maybe May or June. And and so we went to one studio, and I'm going to have to do some research because I cannot remember this, but we went to one studio to track all the guitars and bass um, and some guy's amazing studio, but it was like in the basement of his house um super pro but um and then i think we might have even put the drum tracks down there i can't remember and then we took the whole um uh operation down to nine mile to that um studio that was run by the guys that that busted out eminem um, right yep i remember something i remember Brothers. that place i can't remember i'll have to do again uh, i, I got to do sure <laughs> digging um but we went to that place to, to that to that location to do all the vocals and all the guitar um overdubs and actually that's where i met blumpy and he did a lot of the like loops and sounds and i think we you know added in all of the um the vocal samples yeah and that might have been i don't know two three f- four weeks of that two two to three at least and then, and sometimes I was like, fine. In fact, there was one song that we did. We did, you know, we wrote 10 titles to songs in my apartment before we had any music written, or at least <laughs> most of the music written. Nine of those titles ended up on the record. One changed, and I'm pretty sure it was um, Better Ways because I remember writing lyrics while we were in the studio, uh, and, and it was for the bridge part even though the colors 
fade the flower isn't dead that that part yeah um i i remember there's it's, it's on video somewhere too but i wrote that in the studio wow and then we did we probably spent two days each song at pearl sound so about to about three weeks total uh or maybe you know what now it's probably more like two weeks total at pearl sound to mix because that was the most expensive of the bunch i think what we did was we mixed a song slept on it the next day came in made final you know like with fresh ears made final touch-ups on it and then um went to two went or went to quarter inch and then started the next mix um and i think we did that seven days straight um until that record was mixed and for those wondering pearl sound is like the sound city of michigan like the the exactly legendary voices that have run through that studio yeah Mm -hmm. stevie wonder Mm -hmm. I mean, filter, like it's, it's an incredible list. Yeah. Yeah. And I took, uh, we did some tracking, final tracking there too, because I took my, I think it would have been, I took Shay's, uh, maybe like wind up, uh, like bear or something. And that's that like winding that you you hear at at the beginning and end of sprout. Yeah. So that's, um, I, I, I remember laying down on the floor by a microphone and <laughs> winding up that, that toy and letting it play. And then, you know, and actually, you know, we can talk more about the, the actual history of the record later. But um, one of the things that I remember, too, about Sprout in particular was for pretty much every song, I would go into the booth and record a scratch vocal so that Derek could hear it back and then sing it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, a thousand times better. Um, <laughs> so I did the same thing for Sprout. Yep. And um, now when we got to the mix down stage, um, I kind of took a step back and probably maybe even got a little bit of sleep, but Grant and Dwight took over as, you know, because that was kind of their, their main thing that they wanted to do with this record was mix it and produce it because they wanted to become producers known for that so that they could do that themselves. And obviously they did a very fine job and Dwight, I think mixed specifically sprout. Um, and when I came in to hear it, he was like, um, now just, you know, just listen to the whole thing before you make a judgment. And he used my scratch vocals (laughs) that I had created or that I had, Mm. And I, so I only recorded those as scratch for Derek. So I didn't even put a lot of time into them, but he said, look, this is your baby. So you should be, it should be your voice on this song. And I was like, (laughs) "Ah, ah, you know, I get it. But, you know, so anyway, my voice ended up on, uh, that's that's a great story man that's cool in in hindsight i'm glad you did that like i think it i think that totally if you'd gone and prepared and tried to work it up it wouldn't have come across as heartfelt as as it does at the end to wrap that's probably true yeah so that album so that album which was cool which was kind of what brought us together is that when we joked about playing overtaken over and over again on the show leader dogs pretty much was half of our radio show for a while when we got that, when we got that record, oh, yeah, it was sure. like, uh, here's another six tracks. Uh, we're going to put some other songs in between, but we're going to play at least six leader dog songs for between now and the next two hours. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was, that yeah, certainly became sure. a staple at the true groove and, uh, our, our listeners in Windsor and Detroit. Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. 
And there, you know, and then I, I would say if you, if you really want to know Maybe. the full history as to, as to how, you know, like to moving, moving on, if you're interested, we, uh, so what had happened was I think after the whole leader dogs thing and we had, we had kind of broken up, I mean, I was pretty, pretty bummed about it. And, and I remember I know, that, man, like I didn't know what to do. And, and, uh, but Ryan had, had, because he was doing a lot of management said, Hey man, <laughs> why don't we, uh, why don't we start a, like a management company? Like, a we'll go into this together. We'll do like a. Uh, called, we'll call it ripple management yep. right after the song. And we were like, yeah, that's a cool idea. I didn't know what else, you know, like, but I thought let's, let's give it a shot. And, uh, and it was through that, that, uh, so I mean, really let's, let's be honest. Ryan's the brain oh, of the gosh. generation. I was just oh, we're, running around, we're, we're, jumping we're, around in the background going, what do I do? You know, but he was having, face, 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 Ryan was the brains. Yeah, I get good. it. Go, you know, <laughs> but so having said all that, like, so, so Ryan and I started ripple management. And it was through that, like, we, I forget who else we were managing, but it was at the time Ryan was already in talks with yep. Thousand Foot Crutch and managing them. <clears throat> and they didn't have a record deal at the time and, and whatever. But along about that time when, when we started the, the like working together, they were looking at a record deal and Ryan said, do not walk, but run <laughs> I did. from this deal that you, yep. that you were being offered. And I am warning you right now, this is the dumbest thing you will ever do if you sign this. They did sign it in the end. They didn't listen to us. And, and so, yeah, that, but it was through that, that at, once I had joined the band, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get yeah. us out of this contract? Cause it was just horrifying, but that's how that's kind of part and parcel is how, how I got in with them. But yeah, but it was because we had done this, this ripple management. And, and one of together. the things about, you know, in the interim years, uh, you know, Jeff and I were in steady contact, didn't see each other a whole lot, but the, I remember one time we got together, it was probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And we sat in a Tim Hortons in, in Bell river for like two hours and just caught up. Like it was just yep. like, boom. Here's what's going on in my life. Here's what's happening there. But when we just sat and 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 we again, we were always in contact. And, I, and when I was up that way, I would I would visit and stop in and hang out there or stay there some nights and that kind of stuff. But one of the key things about our relationship uh, that Jeff and I have is that when I went through a divorce, I went to Jeff because and, you know Jeff had gone through through you know through um, as a, a child of divorce, right? And uh, yeah. and I and I was like, I don't know what to do. I got these two kids. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, if I'm supposed to do that. Jeff became my personal support worker through my divorce uh, because I would say, look, I'm going to make this decision. Should I, how should I do this? How should I, you know, should I, what can I do to help let the kids know that I'm there and all that kind of stuff and I'm available for them. And I think one of the key pieces of advice was just talk to them every day, like text them, call them, whatever it takes, just make sure they hear your voice every day. And so, so I committed mm -hmm. to doing that and, it strengthened the relationship I have with my kids. And uh, again, I, I leaned on Jeff wow. a lot to say, hey, Jeff, should I do this? Should I do that? You know, how how are they going to handle this? And he was so helpful to me in helping guide my kids through that. Uh, and they're the healthy, wonderful uh, adults that they are now, partially because I took Jeff's advice. So I, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks, you helped me. You helped me. You helped you help wow. me big time. I, you know, <clears throat> thanks. That man. is huge. Hey, and you know what, man? Like I, I, I say that a lot. Like a lot of people say the the term of endearment that I, hey brother, hey brother, whatever. But I would honestly say that like Ryan and I ha have been mm -hmm. brothers yep. for mm. years. Like yep. really from from yeah. you know day one. Like yeah. honestly, we we share a lot of the same thoughts, feelings. We share the same brain, you know. And we have yeah. been. And I and I should say this too. I know I've said that Jason, like he's my best man for, uh, you know, my two two of my weddings. That is true. Ryan was also yep. at my first wedding. You know, and, and, and I tell you, like we, I, at this, my 
second wedding, there's this one picture that I have of the three of us outstanding, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, out in front of the, the hotel there and, and whatever. And I'm like, that's one of my favorite pictures of yeah, all time. It like, is we, mine too. Know, like, I think there's just a, it's one of those connections with, with people that you just, it happens. And, and you like, like Ryan said, you know, it's one of those, con- you could be having a conversation 10 years ago and then you come back at it, you know, 10 years later and it's like, you instantly pick up where that last conversation yeah, yeah, left. I love it's those. One of yeah. those kind of, one of those kind of, kind of connections and stuff. And yeah. we, we all have that. He has that. We have that with Jason, you know, the, it's so, yeah, for sure. So well, yeah, when we made the connection yeah. with, with you, Lyndon, I had full confidence in Jeff's ability and, and who he was as a person to connect and say, this is a guy that you should really consider, you know, consider for, for what you're doing. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good, baby. It's all good. Wow. That's uh, I mean, that's a great, great story. And I appreciate you guys, you know, taking the time and also digging deep in, in, into the heart stuff too. Cause you know, we, obviously we keep things pretty light and, and, and silly on this podcast, but that's a, uh, that's, you know, that's definitely one, a story that sh- shouldn't be tarnished with that sort of thing. Although who knows, maybe I'll do some campy music behind that, like friends are friends forever. While, while you guys are talking about that, that'd be friends. Good way to how many, mix how it many up of us it. have them? How many have them? Yeah. Yeah. I'll put some Houdini up in oh, there, you, up in this hizzy. This up with Houdini. Yes, that'd be beautiful. Yes, uh, love it. Well, that's awesome. That's a great um, story. And I'm, I feel like we're all caught up at least in terms of um, the Jeff part of the story and, next week when we do our Rai Rai sesh and, and Jeff, you're welcome to join too, but we'll have Derek come in and tell his, uh, his story, um, and how you and he and Ryan met. And, um, so a lot of that, to be honest with you, for me, it was, was kind of fuzzy. I was glad to hear some of the story that we've put together here because it actually helps me put some things in order, you know, like on a timeline. So that's, that's been awesome. But, uh, any, 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 we won't do recommends today since we're going to meet in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, any uh, last uh, bits here before we sign off for this particular episode, gents? Hey, it's it, as long as the music's grooving and the music's true, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm uh, the true groove, you know, in, in some way, shape or form brought us all together. So I'm appreciative for the time that we had uh, being on the air and being complete idiots and not uh, oh, caring what people thought <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah which prepared me for yeah, last now where I, I give very little thought to what people think i love it <laughs> except you guys except you guys right right everybody right, else right. everybody else yeah yeah I, i'm wearing a tie for this Ooh, now, very so nice I hope, you, I hope i hope you notice is it a bolo ah. <laughs> I do. well here's the thing jeff I, a, yeah is that the colonel sanders yeah, one colonel sanders one yep that's it because that yeah I, oh yeah that's the one i'm wearing and i'm sipping a mint julep <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did notice the tie, Jeff. I wanted to say, you know, um, kudos Ooh. to that. But I also noticed that you took a little bit too seriously the uh, pants are optional, you know, um, situation. <laughs> uh, it'll it'll be a cold, cold day before I wear pants around my office. Forget right. it. It's a party up top. We're in the pandemic. <laughs> it's a pantsless pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all good. It's all I good. love it. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that's a a wrap and we'll call this an episode. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Anytime. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Peace out. Peace. Peace.